Praise the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord. And looking forward to what God is going to do today here. It's good to have all of our, uh, most of our home folk. It's good to have our guest here today. Give him a hand clap of appreciation. I'm excited. Anybody excited today? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're just going to go ahead and, and dismiss for uh, for Children's Church here today. Watch all these excited kids go. Anybody have any idea where we're going to be today? Yeah, yeah, that's where we're going to be. Um, and uh, we have made it through a few passages here, 103. Psalm 103, uh, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, we're going we're gonna to pick off, pick up at uh, verse 3, and um, we're going we're gonna to go from there. But before we go, I want us to pray real quick and ask the Lord to help us, to help us... Um, get get in in tune with what he wants to do today god we have gathered together today for you for one purpose one purpose only and that's to hear from heaven and so we pray that you'd speak we pray that you'd release that your will is going to be accomplished and we want to be recipients of your will being accomplished in our lives lord in this assembly let there be unity let there be a uh, uh, a, a work done in our lives to endeavor to keep the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. Lord, we pray that you'd have your way throughout this day and that you touch lives, change hearts and minds, Lord, and do the work that only you can. And we'll never cease to give you praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to minister from this subject, the majestic mountains of mess. My my uh, basement slash office slash guest bedroom slash keyboard practice room slash kids jumping on the air mattress trampoline uh, slash storage uh, has photos in it of of our hikes our Mainly, it's our hikes when we went to Montana, and 
we flew into Montana and we made our way to where Glacier National Park is and we stayed in a town outside of of uh, Glacier National Park called Columbia Falls and it was just amazing to go and we spent every day we were there my wife and I we spent every day inside the park trying to find a parking spot to go on these hikes trying to find a parking spot to go just do the different things that were in the park and you could just uh, and many people do this is they just drive this road called going to the sun road and it really is like driving to the sun you you go you wind up this mountain with you know three four hundred foot let uh, drop offs on the side of you just gradually going up the side of this mountain but before you get to where it's just like oh my goodness you, you uh you're surrounded by mountains that are just crazy I mean, mountains I've never seen before. Um, and you're you're driving down the road, and uh, at least I wasn't driving at this point. My wife was driving. I was trying to look through the windshield, bend down far enough to where I could see the tops of these mountains. And you'd have to almost get sideways to see anything remotely close to the top. They were just so just majestic and beautiful and... and um, it it makes me uh, long for them just talking about it. But I took some pretty amazing photos, I might say, uh, and had them printed, and I put I got them on the wall. And so sometimes I just I sit there when I'm studying, and I just visualize the beauty of these of these mountains, the sunset, and the 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 glow of the sun setting on the other side of the mountains, and the colors all over the still waters. It's just just an amazing, picturesque place. But those aren't the mountains that we're going to be talking about today. Charles Spurgeon wrote, Let others murmur, but do thou bless. Let others bless themselves and their idols, but do thou bless the Lord. Let others use only their tongues, but as for me, I will cry, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Spurgeon also wrote concerning the time in which this psalm was written, we should attribute it to his later years when he had a higher sense of the preciousness of pardon because a keener sense of sin than in his younger days. We don't know when it was written, but we do know that it was David's. We know David had a mess. He had a mountain. It makes sense to me that he could have been looking back over his life and thinking about all that God had done for him. And this would cause a person to think about what they have given back. That's why I often say, why don't we go down memory lane so we can consider all the good things God has done for us so that it would generate praise, that it would generate gratitude in our life, that we would be thankful for all the things that he has done for us. Because there's nothing like knowing how good God has been to us through the years. 
nothing like it in all the world. Saul, forget not all his benefits. And that, that colon that follows that gives us an indication David is going to list the benefits. And we pick up this in Psalm 103 and 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. There's more. Who healeth all thy diseases. There's more. Verse 4. Who redeemed thy life from destruction. There's more. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. There's still more. But let's look closer to, to three and four. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Do you think David forgot what he did to Uriah? Do you think he ever forgot about that whole time in his life? Or do you think it was a mountain? David lived with his mistakes much like you and I here today. We know what we have done. We know how wretched and how wicked we have been. All of our failures piled up beside us like a mountain that we always see with our peripheral vision. Sometimes it's hard for us to see anything else because all we see is the mountain of the messes that we've made. It's in the corner of our eye constantly. You can't look forward without seeing this big giant looming over your life because that is what failure does to people. That's what messes do to people. That's why we can be in the presence of the Lord and be so worried about our mess. Instead of thinking about him. We can, we can spend service after service in the, in, the, in the basking in the glory of God. And be concerned about our mountain of failure. David committed adultery and had her husband killed to cover it up. But God knew and sent a prophet to let him know. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 7 through 15. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. What, what, what God is de, uh, uh, telling David here is I, I'm unlimited in my resources of things I'm willing to give if you're willing to ask for them. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Verse 
Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. This was, this was a mountain David had to live with, always there, always present, always in the corner of his eyes. If we could close our eyes and wish it away, we would. I would squeeze my eyelids as tight as I could and watch every memory begin to disintegrate so I could have a fresh start, a fresh mind. But the reality is I would create a different mountain. If I can't keep from creating mountains of failure, why try? Why live? What is the purpose of it all? How can I live with all of the stains? How can I continue? How can I hold on when I know I'll mess it up again? Anybody struggle with this? If I wish my mountain away that represents my past... It's only a matter of time before it begins to be built back up from our mistakes because we mess up. Anyone in here didn't mess up last week? Sometimes it's like sifting through the mess to try to find hope. David was broken when he discovered the parable was about him. And in verse 13, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. It was mercy that pulled David out of his mess. This mountain of failure would crush anyone. But something was said that made his mountain look much smaller. And this is what I want to try to help somebody here today get a hold of. Your mountain is not too big. The mountain of your failure is not too big. 
You can mess up your whole life and have a mountain that looks majestic and massive and looks looks like it it touches heaven. It looks like it's so big. How can God forgive me? How can God do anything with me? But Nathan said, the Lord has put away your sin. Nathan, Nathan told him, came to David and gave him the bad news, but he also said, your sin has been covered. The mountain that you're seeing, it's covered. How can we live with our failures? How can we live with this mountain in our eyes? When I look at the mess, I see mercy. When I look at the mountain, it's covered. We can't look at our mess and think uh, that's who we are. We got to look at that mess and say, he has me covered. In my worst days and my most discouraging moments, when I look at all I've messed up, it's still not even close to the magnitude of his mercy. In my most broken state, in my most uh, sin sin-infested life, I still know that there's more mercy. There's more mercy. There's more mercy than my mess. Don't let the devil confuse you to think that you've done your last thing, that God has cast you off and thrown you aside. No, you're alive today and the church is still on this planet. There is mercy. He forgives, he heals, he redeems. He does not leave us to be crushed by our own doing. He redeems us from destruction. He forgives our sins and heals us. He heals the diseases that come from our sin. Look, we can sin. We can sin and make a mountain of a mess of our life, and we can become diseased from it. We could have like a spiritual leprosy in our life that's eating away at us. But listen, mercy is still there. There's still mercy. And all we have to do is come to ourselves and say, God, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my wrongdoings. Forgive me for my idols. Forgive me for spiritual adultery. Forgive me for... Giving you the bare minimum. Forgive me for apathy and complacency. And you know what? He comes to our rescue to redeem us and to heal us from the disease that came to us from our sin. There's something beautiful called covenant. It's not covenant that man says. 
man will say, Man will say these are these are the perimeters. This, this is what defines the covenant, but it seems that always changes. A covenant relationship with God, He never changes. His word never changes. His position towards us never changes. Even when we fall short, He said, "I got that covenant." David was anointed king and did what he did. I thought about this at different times. How many, how many Pentecostal preachers through the years had an affair, got kicked out, got cast out because they were treated like that was an unpardonable sin? The truth is, mercy doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop because man said, we have no mercy for you. Mercy pushes beyond commandments of men and traditions of men, and it reaches to the lowest point of a person's failure and says, get back up. I'm not finished with you. I'm not finished with you. With your life, there is more for you. My mark is on your life. Get up. Get up. I've already paid the way for mercy to meet you in the morning. I've already paid the way ah, for there to be a new morning with new mercy where I can wake up a failure and be covered Psalm 103 and 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now I want you to notice that something that's happening from, from, from David saying benefits, everything that we will read for the next few verses is a continuation of the previous thought. He's still talking about benefits. One of the benefits of being in, in, in the presence of the Lord in a covenant relationship is that he is redeeming me from destruction. He redeems us from destruction and crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. David, when you look back over your life and you see those mountains, uh, what do you think about? I do see my failure. I can almost hear this in an interview. Maybe somebody interviewing King David later on in his years and after all that he had experienced in his life, when you look back at your failures, David, what do you see? When you see those mountains standing resolute over life, do you see those mountains for what they are? 
Do you see your failure? Does it trouble you? I see. I do see my failure. And it is standing as tall as it can. But beyond its reach, I see a covering. Beyond the reach of the highest mountain of my mess, there is a covering. There is a covering that is hovering over it. I see mercy. I see redemption. I see a crown of loving kindness and tender mercies. I see a reason to thank and praise him. When I come in here, ah, looking, looking, looking the way I do when I worship God, you don't see the mountains in my peripherals because you got your own mountains you got to face. But in, the, in my peripherals, I got a mountain of a mess that I created my life. I did it myself I brought it upon myself oh that's why I come in here because I don't want to see that mountain I want to see his mercy I want to see his goodness I want to see his grace above it all let me see your mercy God above it all let me see your mercy And let me talk some more about the Lord. Let me talk some more about what the Lord has done. Verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Who satisfieth with good things? Uh, anybody else tasted and seen what the what the world has to offer? Does it bring satisfaction? Does it bring fulfillment? Does it bring promise and hope? Does it bring? Uh, does it bring? Uh, Loving kindness and grace and mercy doesn't bring good things. I got a mountain to prove it doesn't. I got a mountain of mess to produce the idea that there is nothing in this world that satisfies. The only thing that this world will give you is a mess of a mountain. That's why you got to hold on to the word of God and stay committed to him and he'll keep you from building that mess. He'll keep you from building that mountain. Oh yeah, you can build that in the church but don't ever stop going to church because you fall short. Don't ever stop going to church because you fail. Don't ever look in the mirror and say why do you try you're just the biggest failure that ever lived oh look at your failure and say but I still see mercy I still see good things flowing so that thy youth is renewed like eagles like the eagles. That word satisfy means to fill to satisfaction. We're still talking about benefits. One of the benefits of living for God is he can fill us until we're satisfied. 
Psalm 107 and 9. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Uh, anybody hungry and thirsty? Oh, he said, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be what? He satisfieth the longing soul and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. All of the goodness that satisfies comes from him. Everything that satisfies in this life flows from him and nothing apart from him satisfies. Hear me, nothing apart from the Lord satisfies. It's all temporary at best, but at least piles of ash. Psalm 34 and 8. All you need, all you need is just a, you, listen, you've tasted what the world has to offer. And you know what, Brother Mike, uh, you, you probably remember back in the day when you had your first drink of alcohol, what that taste was like. And you thought, oh, no, this is good. But then years later, you got the baggage. You got the baggage stacked up on the side. And you don't get away from that. Brother Brian, you don't, we don't get away from that. I, I see piles of drugs in my life. I see, I see piles of immorality in my life. It, it, it goes wherever I go. It's in my peripherals. Because what you open yourself to, it stays right there with you. That's why people struggle to break free because every time they come to the altar and pray, they look beside themselves and that mountain is still there. It's still there. Uh, my, uh, my fruit, uh, uh, the season of my increase of my sin is right beside me. It's not going anywhere. How can I get away from it? The reality is you can't get away from it. You've got to see it in a different light. How many of you forgot what you, the mess you made from, from back, way back in the day? It's still with you, isn't it? Some of it still haunts you, doesn't it? You wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, that's just a dream. That's why it's important to close the doors. Close the doors. Close the doors of the world to your life. Close the doors of the world into your home. Because what you see, you can't unsee. And what you partake of, it's not going to go away. Once you experience, once you experience that high... Once you smell that smell, once you taste that thing, once you experience that moment, it's going to be stacked up beside you all your days. But listen, all it takes is one taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, taste and see, I finally found it. Mom, Dad, I finally found what satisfies. Mom, Dad, I, 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 you were right all along. I found it for myself. Brother and sister, only he can satisfy the longing soul. And he will fill the hungry with goodness. He will satisfy. Oh, taste and see. You'll get a taste of him.
can't convince me that somebody's tasted the Lord and has a desire to go back. This is the reality. This is what happens because people do go back. This goes back to the Old Testament. When, whenever, whenever the children of Israel would do something against him, and they'd break his, break his commandments, they'd break covenant, he'd send them packing. He'd send them away. You know what? I believe, I, I believe today when people walk away from this because they get a taste for the world, I believe he lets them, he lets them walk towards it. But I don't think he ever removes mercy from their life. I believe that all they have to do is come to themselves and repent and mercy's right there for them. David said, it shall follow me all the days of my life. Even when I'm in the mess, mercies follow me. Wherever I go, mercies follow me. Wherever you go, brother and sister, mercies following you. It's following you all the days of your life. We have no excuse because we got mercy. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. And when you trust in his goodness, we are blessed because of it. When we have confidence in his goodness, there will be satisfaction. Why are there unsatisfied people in the church house? They forgot his goodness. They forgot his mercy. They forgot who he is and what he's done. That's why you got to generate a memory. Get you a picture and hang it up on the wall. Like when I sit down there in the office and I look at those photos and I see the majesty of those mountains, I see the God who framed that image. I see the God who is elevated above the highest plateau in this world and his mercy is most beautiful thing about this life is his mercy his love his compassion but his patience as well he is so patient with us we got people playing games with God because of his patience but one day patience will run out People chasing prophecy so they can see how long they can trample God's mercy. Well, you got about five more years. What happens if you die lost in five years? Mercy can't bring you back up. Because mercy was trying to give you opportunity. Mercy was trying to withhold judgment. And the grace was saying, get back up. Get back up and learn what you did. Listen for my voice. You can get through this. Don't listen to the scoffers. Don't listen to the people who want to just throw you aside and throw you away. I got my eye on you. My mercy is following you. Get back 
up. There won't be an excuse. You know what he's telling us? One day, one day you'll have to give an answer for what you did with mercy and grace. And I've given you every opportunity to come to your rescue. I've been waiting for you to cry out so I can pick you up out of it. But you resist it. While we're singing songs about mercy and grace, we better be utilizing it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for covering my life. Thank you for forgiving me, blessing me. If I if I'll taste and see he is good, I'll want more. Brother, brother, me, me too. When you taste something and it's good, you want more of it. I want more of him today. I come in here thirsty. I come in here a little dry. God, I'm a little parched in my spirit. Would you bring water to me? Would you, would you satisfy me? Would you feel me today? I hope you came here with expectancy to be satisfied because, hey, he's in the house and he's ready to satisfy. He's ready to fill. All he's looking is for an empty cup to pour into. An empty cup. He's looking for an empty cup. You can't pour into something that's full already. <laughs> bring, bring all the vessels you can. Borrow not a few. We're going to let this thing run over and fill up everything we bring to him. Everything you bring to him empty, he has promised to satisfy. If you come to him and thirst for him, he's promised to satisfy. He's promised to fill. All you need is a taste and everything you thought was good won't be good. You'll stop searching for whatever it was and long for him. He satisfieth the longing soul. The longing soul, listen to this, the longing soul. Is one who is like the course of a beast of prey. That word longing soul describes the course of a beast of prey. When I seek him like a predator looking for prey, what I find when I get to him will bring strength and renewing and satisfaction. You ever see, you ever watch nature films and you see all the, all the lions chasing wildebeest and sometimes they run and run and run and they're famished and they might not get a meal. But they never stop hunting. There are times that we can come into this house and we can hunt and not find anything. 
Is it, is it going to be our demise or are we going to keep hunting even though we don't catch anything today? Even though I don't catch anything tomorrow? Even though I don't catch anything on Wednesday? Am I going to stop hunting and go hungry and starve to death? Or am I going to stay looking for him? Because when I find him, there will be strength, renewing satisfaction. You ever looked at a fed lion? What are they doing? They're not doing much. They're finally like, ooh, I'm good. But listen, that one meal is not going to keep them from getting back on the field. They get hungry again. You got to keep looking. I don't think they ever stop looking. Even if they're full, I believe that they hear the bushes rustle or something. They're like, oh, is that the next meal? They're always waiting and ready to go after that, which is what people should do. It's what God, it's what a longing soul does. Is I'm going to church today because I'm looking, I'm looking for him. I'm searching him, and I need him. I've got needs. I've got needs. And these are the benefits that David was most likely reflecting on. Psalm 103, uh, leading up to verse 5. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, and crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. These are the benefits. Now, I want to say one thing before we close this uh, this morning. There are benefits in living for the Lord. And I want us to think about it this way. Through David's writings, this is what he says. He forgives. He heals. He redeems. He crowns with mercy and satisfies. If we were to look at at this as progression, how many people get stuck at who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Let's, let's go over this again, this progression here. Because this is what he says when he's talking about the benefits with the colon there, right? Because he's getting ready to describe those. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. So he forgives. Who healeth all thy diseases. He heals. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He redeems. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? He crowns with mercy. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things? He satisfies. But how many people get stuck in verse 3? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Because all I see is this mountain of my failure. 
how can you forgive me, God? I, I remember watching a man at greater faith come out of prison 30 years, 30 years for killing a man. Bound. He was bound. He was, he was so bound up in his, in his guilt, his shame, condemnation, whatever. It was probably so many different. There was a mountain. 30 years in prison. That's a mountain. Over the course of his remaining days on earth, I watched that mountain get covered up to the point where he no longer saw it as a mountain anymore. And he was able to live with freedom and worship the way that he wanted to because he knew that that mountain is covered. And he satisfies. He satisfies. Maybe the mountain is still in the way, brother and sister. Maybe there is a mountain that's still in the way in your life. Is your mess going to be majestic? Are you going to celebrate your mess by leaving it uncovered? What are you going to do with it today? You're going to celebrate it, worship. You're going to let him forgive your iniquities. Because listen, he's trying to take you to a place where he satisfies you. But you've got to let him forgive you. You've got to let him cleanse you. You've got to let him cover your mountain. So you can be crowned with mercy and be satisfied by his presence. Let's stand. Let's, let's, uh, let's ask God to help us the remaining, the remainder of this day that God would help us just unlock the door of our heart, swing the door wide open and let him cover us today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you have already done. You have met us here today, and I believe that you are going to continue this work today. And I believe lives are going to be transformed today. I believe hearts and minds are going to be transformed. I believe there's going to hope is going to be renewed. Peace is going to be revived. Joy is going to be overflowing. I believe before we leave this place here today that somebody's going to have their mind made up that I'm going to live with that mountain being covered. I'm no longer going to see it as a detriment to my life. I'm going to see the mercy of God larger than my mess. The mercy of God more majestic than my mess. He is the ruler and he reigns over all. And my little mountain is not big at all. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for goodness. Thank you for your loving kindness that's better than life. Lord, would you, would, you, uh, would you swing open the prison doors today and let 
Let your people and let those who are bound, let them come running out to freedom. Amen, amen. Let's take a few moments. Greet your brother and sister. And let's, not lose, let's not lose what God wants to do today. Let's come back ready, ready to see what the Lord will do. Amen. While we're coming in and making our way to our seats, I'm going to make some announcements. Um, we have next Sunday, we are going to do a Fiesta fundraiser. Fiesta fundraiser. Okay. Now, it's a fundraiser. We're raising funds. for. Our, we still have a few campers that need support and people going to NAYC that need support. And so we're going to raise money for that. But... This is also a fellowship and fun get-together, okay? So we want everybody that can come, we want you to be there. So next Sunday, July the 9th, after service, we're going to have a taco bar. We're going to have an ice cream bar. And we are going to have a salsa competition. So who makes the best salsa in here? Oh, I done heard y'all talking about your salsa, so go ahead. Go ahead, let me know. I need, if you think you've got an award-winning salsa, or even if it's just pretty good, then I need you to enter the salsa competition. Now, to enter the salsa competition, it's going to be $10 to enter. And if you win, if you win, you'll be taking home the golden pepper. Okay? Highly sought-after award here, the golden pepper. I want it to be... A competition, okay? So, you ought to bring your best salsa, bring your game face, your award-winning salsa, $10 to enter the salsa competition. We're going to have some super awesome judges judging the competition, okay? Now, the fundraiser part is to go over there and eat. Now, guys, this is going to be cheaper than Taco Bell, all right? Cheaper, cheaper than Taco Bell. $10 for adults, and that's 13 and up. Ages 13 and up is $10. Ages 6 to 12 is going to be $6. Kids five and under eat free, okay? You can't eat at Taco Bell for that. All right. So, so bring, bring your $10. Bring your $6 for your kids if they're 6 to 12. Bring your best salsa and $10 to enter the salsa competition. And you want to take home the golden pepper. Who's getting the golden pepper? Come on. I need some, I need some people confident today that they're going to win the golden. That's right. We've got some people going to win the golden pepper. All right. Let me also remind you next Saturday, this coming Saturday, July the 8th, is Ladies' Day, okay? Ladies' Day, the Section 1 Ladies' Day at the Pentecostals of Louisville. The registration is free, and I think you can still register. If you are planning to go and you want to ride the church van and you've not talked to Kim, you need to talk to Sister Kim, okay? That van will be leaving at 8 a.m. Saturday morning, all right? Because the event starts at 10. So it's going to be leaving at 8 a.m., leaving at 8 a.m. So you want to be here a few minutes early if you want to ride the van. You're welcome to drive yourself there. Um, again, the registration is free, and they're going to feed you lunch. That's amazing. So you just need to register. I want to tell you about some upcoming events. Junior camp is going to be July the 17th through the 21st, and we're in July. It's this month. Junior campers, you ready? Junior campers are ready. We got nine kids going to junior camp. So excited about that. NAYC is coming up the week after that, July the 26th through the 28th. All right. Praise. Oh, yeah. This, this coming and the next. So the men, you're going to be working. 
this Saturday, the 8th, and the next Saturday, the 15th, okay? If you've got questions about that, I want you to see Brother Brian. Don't see me. I want you to see him. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, that's right. If you're, if you're needing us to raise funds to help support you to go to NAYC, campers to go to camp, that kind of thing, then you need to see Sister Kim about what you need to bring next Sunday for that, okay? Because we want you to bring something, and you need to see her about what that's going to be. Does that sound good? Y'all ready to have some tacos next Sunday? Uh, you don't. I mean, if you really want to, you can see Sister Kim, but the people who are, particip- who, who are raising funds, the people who are, have campers or going to NAYC, that's who's bringing the food. Okay, but if you, I mean, if you desperately want to bring something, we won't turn it down. But definitely bring salsa if you want to win the competition. Okay? All right. Praise team, go ahead and come. Pastor, go ahead and come. Welcome us. Everybody stand all over the house. All right, with that being said, why don't we just stretch forth our hands forward right now, or up. And let's magnify the Lord. God, we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for what you're doing today, what you're going to do. We thank you for what you've already done, Lord. And we're going to praise you today because we believe you're here. We believe that you're moving. We believe that you're working. We believe that you're blessing. We believe that you're bringing strength and healing. Oh, and so we're going to worship you today, God. We're going to give it our very best. Amen. Why don't you give your best to the Lord? Bring your, present your offering to him and present your praise to the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's let him know how much we love him and need him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we're so thankful for you, Lord. We're thankful for everything that you've done in our lives and in this place, God. We give you the glory today. We give you the honor today. We come to present our worship to you. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done.
going to have we're going to have people come down and going to be uh, to be prayed for in their body, whatever it is. But I, I want I'm going to go to her so she doesn't have to come here and pray for her. We're going to pray and believe God to touch her today. And if I if I could have some some brothers and sisters that would surround surround us and pray. Amen. We're going to believe God to do it. needs a touch in his body. He's got to move. Would you, would you join me in believing the Lord for a miracle today? God, we pray for our brother. We pray for his body. We speak over him healing in the name of Jesus. God, that you would touch his foot. Touch his body. We speak healing in the name of Jesus and faith through the name of Jesus. We believe we believe that you're sending aid. We believe that you're sending healing. We believe that your healing virtue is moving, God. Let your goodness enclose him right now. Let your mercy and grace enclose him now. And let him let him feel, feel the brush of angels' wings and the healing virtue of your presence. Moving in this moment, God. We speak it and believe it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And if you have a need in your body, we're going to invite you to come up to the altar here and be prayed for. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith and we're going to believe God to touch you. In this moment today, whatever it is, we're going to give you an opportunity to come and pray, be prayed for.
I keep finding, you keep giving. 
Goodness, and I've got mercy. 
know you've got that today. Send us a message today. I believe he's trying to send us a reminder today what it is that he has available for us and wants to wants to do for us. Well, what, if it's appropriate, why don't you reach over to your neighbor? Lay your hands on them. Pray for them. Pray for them that God would show himself merciful and good to them. My brother, my sister, I speak over you that the goodness of God would catch up to you and overtake you. That his mercy would surround you. That you would see him and not what you're facing. I, I, I see your mercy today, God, and I know that you're with me. I know that you're here because I can sense your nearness, Lord. But I open the door for your mercy to begin to flood my life. 
that your goodness would fill me up until I overflow today. Anybody need his goodness today? Anybody need his strength today? Anybody need him to touch your life in a special way today? I'm here to tell you the Lord is in this place. And he wants to fill you up. He wants to satisfy the longing soul. He wants to fill the hungry soul with goodness. Come on. He wants to fill the hungry soul with goodness. Maybe you've hungered for some things in your life that haven't that haven't filled you. Oh, but there is a God in this place who will satisfy. Surely a goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why don't you look at that thing and say all the days of my life. His mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. freedom yet I don't hear the sound of overflowing yet come on you came in here empty and the Lord is looking to fill up the empty vessel that you brought here he's looking to fill you to satisfy the needs that you have in your life I got goodness and I got mercy Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. Oh. What I know to be true is that in this house today, there are people who have mountains. made up of your mess I mentioned this in Sunday school this morning that what happens when we when we fall short when we fail when we make a mess of our life that we we begin to have a mountain forming just just outside of our immediate plane of sight but we can see it in our peripheral vision we see this big shadow called my mess that looms over our head your past failures your past mistakes are being stacked up have been stacked up and they keep you from experiencing true freedom because you can't see his mercy 
from the shadow of the mess of your mountain. just for those that weren't able to be here this morning, we're going to just read just up to where we left off at. In Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. These are the benefits that David was most likely reflecting on. He forgives. He heals. He redeems. He crowns with mercy and satisfies. If we were to look at this, and I mentioned this at the end of our the closing of Sunday school, if we look at this as a progression, how many people get stuck at who forgiveth all thine iniquities? How many times have you come to the altar and you couldn't, you couldn't ex- accept his forgiveness? Or maybe you couldn't forgive yourself for all the things that you've done in your life. Amen. Let's 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 pray and ask God to finish what he started here today. God, we want to be right here. Whatever you desire to do in this moment, we want to be led of your spirit. That your word would would go out and it would we know it will not return void. We know that the anointed word will go in into a man's life, a woman's life, a child's life, and it'll cause a cause of uh, cause a hunger and cause a desire to cry out for you. We pray, Lord, for your word to go forth and accomplish what it will. We speak over this remaining part of the day that your, that your word would go forth and that you will touch and bless and minister. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. I don't believe it's a coincidence that we were singing this last this song right before We've been, we've been focusing on mercy today. We've been focused on his goodness because that's part of the benefits of living for the Lord. Many people don't want to see that. They want to see the, they get caught up in the rules, the regulations. They get caught up on the, on the things that, uh, that man says. But God says, I got mercy. God says, I have goodness. I don't care what man says. There's mercy and goodness in the house of the Lord. There's mercy available for you. Maybe you are, in fact, dealing with a mountain in your life that's, that's called the majestic mountain of mess. And it's your mess. It's your life that you can't seem to get away from. As hard as you try, you, you just can't seem to get past some things. You can't seem to forgive yourself of some things. You know, I heard this said one time. At the speed of confession, he forgives. 
But sometimes people will wrestle with forgiving themselves for a lifetime. We, we hold ourselves hostage by our unwillingness to accept his forgiveness. He promised that he would satisfy the longing soul, that he'd fill the hungry soul with goodness. He promised that they that hunger and thirst for righteousness would be filled. He promises satisfaction. And if you haven't experienced satisfaction, maybe you're holding on to something that God has been trying to take away from you. Maybe he's forgiven you time and time again, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And you can still see the mountain in your peripheral vision, the mountain of mess. Verse 6, David took some time to write about the mercy of God, and that's what we're focusing on here today. I don't want to focus on your mountain, and I don't want to make it bigger than what it really is. You've made it big enough. You've caused it to, to overshadow God's mercy. Verse 6 says, The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Verse 7, He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. His mercy never runs out. Listen to me. That big thing that looms in your life causes you to become discouraged. Can I tell you, as a person who wasted years of my life chasing the wrong thing, I believe God can restore 100% what the enemy, what you handed over, what the enemy took. I believe in the God of restoration that he can take a person's life as long as they come repentant and they come back hungry and thirsty. He'll fill them. He'll satisfy them. He'll restore them. There's a progression. There's a progression that God wants to take his people through. He forgives. He'll forgive you. Don't get hung up on, on forgiveness. Uh, don't let yourself get hung up on your mistakes uh, uh, because when you let him uh, uh, forgive you, you'll let him heal you. If you let him forgive you, the sins that you committed that brought infirmities into your life, he'll heal you from it. He'll redeem you from the path of destruction and he'll crown you with mercy and he'll satisfy. In order for you to be satisfied, you're going to have to get past forgiveness. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. He's full of compassion. So what does he fill the hungry with? His compassion. He fills the hungry with his mercy. Where there is an abundance, uh, there, is, there is an abundance of mercy available. Listen, he has more mercy than we have the capacity to understand. When you run out of ways uh, to, to, to picture an endless supply of mercy, there's more. We can't even fathom. We can't comprehend just how great his mercy is. Think about David. Anybody that can pick somebody out of the dust of failure, the way that, the way that David failed and caused him to still be a man after God's own heart. His mercy. 
his forbearance, his long-suffering is greater than we can comprehend. Listen to this. Even when he is angry, he's still rich in mercy. When God was angry with Israel, he sent them packing. But the second there was repentance, his mercy came to their rescue. And David knew this personally. And and today some of us still remember when we were broken and how quickly he enclosed us with his mercy when we cried out to him. And even today somebody can cry out to him and be enclosed, be wrapped up in his mercy, be wrapped up in his compassion, his loving kindness. All it takes is for a cry. All it takes is to acknowledge a need in your life. If you need mercy, there is somebody here who will meet your need. And his name is Jesus. And he is God. Verse 9. He will not always chide or he will not always strive. Neither will he keep his anger forever. What a, what, a, what a word. What a promise. He's not always going to be angry. He's, there's still mercy there. Even in his anger, there's still mercy. He's not like man who can't have both. That we can't be angry and have mercy. Because sometimes our anger takes over and there is no mercy. But even in his, we can't, we can't fathom that. We can't comprehend it. He can be angry and still be abundant in mercy. Verse 10, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. How many of you got what you deserved from your life of failure? Not one of us sitting in here has received the, 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 the punishment for our sins, for our failures, for our mess. Even looking out of the corner of our eyes, like I, I, I should be dead. You should be dead. You should be locked up. You should be lost. You should be in some ditch wounded. You should be in some place uh, destroyed and devastated. But the Lord, who is rich in mercy, he came to your rescue. And now he pulled you out. didn't get here by myself you didn't get here by yourself it was mercy that met you it was mercy that came to you and woke you up and he said get to the house of the Lord I got something for you and mercy led you right here where mercy was dumped into your life Even, even in his anger, he doesn't give us what we deserve. Based on the size of my mountain, I deserve death. I deserve to be destroyed. But that's not what he wants. He doesn't want you destroyed. That's why there's a cross. 
That's why there's blood. That's why there's renewing. That's why there's a new heart and a new spirit. He doesn't want you destroyed. He wants you restored. He wants you renewed. He wants you to be vibrant and have vitality and let the the blood cover a multitude. Let the blood bring remission of sins in your life and let his spirit begin to close wounds up and let his healing virtue begin to bring healing. Uh, Where there was devastation, now there's redemption. Now there's healing. Where there were wounds and sickness and, and spiritual leprosy, now there's healing. Verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. David, still talking about the benefits the benefits of living for God, the benefits of covenant relationship, the benefits of loving him and keeping his commandments is that uh, the mountain that you walk with in the peripheral vision of your life, in his eyes, it's been separated. As far as as the east is from the west. Anybody know where that is? Can you visualize what that looks like? The east from the west. So, in, in essence, the mountain that you look at is not what he looks at. So when you see it, what you should see is mercy. When you see that mountain, you should see east and west uh, has separated. Uh, he separated me from my sins. Uh, I can still see it, uh, but I don't see that's who I am. I see his mercy. I see his love. I see his grace. I see his willingness to forget. I see his willingness to purge me from my sin. Remove my transgression from me. Now, well, I've already mentioned early this morning talking about mountains and how majestic they are. You go out west and you see some beautiful mountains. Now, there's, there's some, some, some mountains here, and uh, Kentucky is beautiful. It's beautiful in its own way. Uh, you go out west, and there's just something majestic about the, 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 the rocky, craggy peaks that are out there. When you, when you come around a bend, you're driving down the road, and you come up around a bend, and you're just like, what is that? And it's just, it's piercing the sky. And you see clouds all around it, right? There's something just majestic about, about that. But we often look at our, our sins and our failures as that mountain piercing the sky where we can't see God. We can't see his forgiveness. We can't see his willingness to give us a fresh start and a new path to walk on. And we hold on. We hold on to that mountain that stands in the way of his mercy. But if you were to fly 30,000 feet in the air, you can't see any details of those mountains that loom over us. You You see waves and canyons you do see little 
as you descend from a plane, you do start to see some peaks, but they're not as big as you think they are because the perspective is different. So when you're looking up at that mountain of failure, I want you to know that if you, if you, if you would let God take you above, you would see that his mercy would take you up so high that you can't even see. You can't even see that mountain. You can't see the details. What you thought was a massive, majestic thing is nothing. It's even. It's, 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 it's as flat as, as everything else that you see from that perspective. We got to let God take us into his mercy and rise above what we think is impossible. The mountain of failure that you're living with, you just need a new perspective to see it for what it is. Uh, go back to verse, uh, the previous verse. Verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Ah, you, you measure that. Can you even measure what it's like to go all the way up to the heaven? When you go all the way up, you don't see anything. I mean, there were times when I was in the plane, I couldn't see anything on the ground. And I just slid my window cover the visor down with a screen whatever and went to sleep because there's no sense of looking out at something you can't see anything I'm telling you uh, your failure is not as big as what you think it is his mercy is so high his mercy is so wide that your little mountain is covered let's stand As far as, as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I don't know if anything that was said today has done anything for you personally. But I do know for me, I know there are people in here that are just like me. Who, who might not have gone down the path that I went down on, that I went and, and made terrible mistakes. Maybe you didn't make those same mistakes I did, but you still have a mountain beside you that screams of your failures. What you need to do today is get a hold of the mercy that will cover that mountain. If your past is still so fresh in your mind and your mistakes are still fresh, you need covered. You need His mercy to cover you. Don't leave here today without His mercy covering your life. Don't let your past mistakes define who you are. Let his mercy cover you so he can carry you to a place where he will satisfy you, your life. This altar is open.
You have to learn how to walk. Walk with your failure. And know that that's not who you are anymore. You have to accept that. I wish that God would just clear our mind from all the things that we, we pile up. But that's not how it works. We have to take those things that we have piled up from our mistakes. And we just have to change how we see them. I don't see them as things that define me. I see them for how great His mercy is to cover them. So when I see that mountain, what I see is a mountain of mercy, not a mountain of mess. He's rich in mercy. He has already made a deposit for your tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow, there's going to be a mercy there. thankful for him for our king our God he's so good so merciful I pray that God opened up your understanding today and allowed you to see his mercy in a light that you've never seen before I pray that you just take these words that you take them with you you'd hold on to them the minute you begin to see things that bring disappointment to you. But that's not what you'll see. You refuse to accept that. You refuse to accept anything but His mercy and grace to help you get through. I love and appreciate this church, all the people of God. And uh, I want you to have a blessed week. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. We'll have prayer on Tuesday night. Actually, we won't, will we? Because Tuesday's 4th of, of July. So, hmm, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so we'll just cancel uh, this week for prayer. Uh, but we will we'll definitely be back Sunday morning for prayer and then next next Tuesday. All right, God bless you all. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friendly.